Welcome to this episode of the Greco Financial Training Podcast. On this podcast, we'll be talking about concepts and facts relevant to exams like Series 7, 24, 63, and many more. Go to greco.com to learn more about our training classes and materials. We have live classes, we have online on-demand courses, textbooks, online question banks, all sorts of tools to help you get past these exams at greco.com. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Greco Podcast here at Greco Financial Training, where we train you for exams like Series 7, Series 24, Series 63. Now, if you need materials or live instruction or even online on-demand instruction for any of these exams, please go over there and check out Greco.com. Now, in this episode, what I want to talk about is common stock. Common stock is one of the first securities that we talk about. So this is like buying a share of Apple or buying a share of Google. Now, you may be familiar with the basic idea. You want to buy it, and then when the price is higher, you sell it. But what are you buying? Why does the price go up? Let's talk a little bit about it. So when you buy a share of common stock in a company, so a share of Google, a share of Apple, what you're buying is essentially a piece of ownership in the company. So literally, when you buy a share of Facebook, you are literally an owner of Facebook, the company. Which means that every year when Facebook has their annual shareholders meeting, and this goes for any company you want to share of, at the annual shareholders meeting, you're entitled to be in attendance. You can go to the shareholders meeting, vote with all the other shareholders, uh, etc. Because you are an owner of Facebook. Now, you may not have the ability to go call Mark Zuckerberg and tell him to add a dislike button, but you are an owner of the stock. But essentially what you're... The end story when it comes to owning common stock is that one day the company gets so big and its profits are so large and consistent that the company is able to start paying out cash to its investors. This is in the form of dividends. So usually longer, more well-established companies pay out dividends to their shareholders every year. So the idea is you want to own the stock and collect that cash. And it's typically investors who are investing huge amounts, they're older, taking less risks, that usually buy companies that are that size, that are already paying dividends. But companies don't start there. They start small, aka a small cap company. And they don't have enough profits. Some years they may not even be profitable to be paying an investor a dividend every year, a little cash. So in the early days, any profits that they do have, they reinvest back in the company. So that way the company can grow and that way its profits can grow. Now, if people expect that a company's profits will grow, then the stock price tends to grow as well. And usually you can tell by a company's what's called a company's P.E. ratio, price to earnings. So when I say price to earnings, you're taking the market price of the stock, meaning what it would cost you to buy the stock right now versus the profit per share of the company, the earnings per share. So if a company has a $10 market price and a $1 earnings per share, it would have a P-E ratio of 10. You're paying $10 of market price for every $1 of profits. Now, why would you pay $10 for a dollar? Well, the bottom line is this. It's because you think the company's profits will grow. So the higher a company's P-E ratio the more the market thinks that companies' profits will grow. 
because that's why they're willing to pay more than other co companies. Not because they like to pay more for one dollar of profits. It's because they think there will be more profits because the company is making the right moves. Now, of course, if the market's expectations about how much the profit will grow turned out to not be accurate. So this is why earnings are so important when a company announces earnings. So if I expect the company's earnings to grow by $20, but they only grow by $10, well, that means half the increase in price was, well, a bad prediction. So that stock price is going to drop and adjust to what the company actually earned and, and adjust future expectations. So the stock price will drop. Vice versa, if it turns out that those company's earnings were higher than expected, higher than what the PE ratio predicted, then that stock price is going to adjust and adjust up. So the stock price is constantly going to be going up and down based on expectations of profit in the company and anything that influences those expectations, which could be how the economy is doing, uh, what the competition of the company is doing, uh, changes in the management of the company. All these things affect whether that people will expect that company uh, to do better, to do worse, etc. And the P ratio is a good gauge on what the market thinks. So generally, companies with high P ratios are companies you would call a growth company, a company where people expect the company to grow. But that's not the only reason people buy stocks. Sometimes the P ratio is really low. That's because people don't think the company is going to make as much profits um, as other companies. So in that case, sometimes the market's wrong and the company turns out to make a lot more profits than the P ratio suggests. And when you identify these kind of companies, these are called value investments. You're finding in companies that are not necessarily expect that you expect to grow in a huge amount. You just these are companies where the market sort of kind of underpriced them. So there's value companies, there's growth companies, then there's income companies. These are the bigger companies, the utility companies who generally aren't reinvesting their profits every year because either they're too big or utility companies just generally always pay out a dividend. So they take the cash from the profits they make each year and pay it to the shareholders. So these are going to be for investors who want consistent cash, who are older, they have a lower risk tolerance because these companies are bigger, they have a shorter time horizon, they need the money now, so they'll buy like income stocks. And then there's stocks that move with the economy. These are called cyclical stocks. And these are generally going to be the things that you want, like candy, jewelry. So you generally buy more of these when the economy is growing and less of these when the economy is shrinking. Then there's counter-cyclical stocks, which are ones that move the opposite, typically like gambling, cigarettes, alcohol, because these are things that people buy more of when things are bad. And then there's defensive companies, ones that really don't go up or down depending on the economy. They just kind of have their own thing. Think like insulin. People aren't going to use more insulin because the economy is doing well, but they're not going to use less because it's doing bad. It's purely based on the amount of diabetics out there. So that would be a defensive stock where basically the demand for that good has nothing to do with the economy. These are generally the things you need to buy. Okay, so think of uh, military contractors. You're not going to cut the military in half because the economy shrank, but you're not going to double it because the economy grew. These are just things where you kind of have a steady demand for. So... That gives you a quick rundown on common stocks. My name is Alex Merced. Make sure you subscribe to the Greco podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And uh, tell your friends about it. And again, if you ever need a live class, an on-demand class, or materials for any of these exams, go to greco.com. That's G-R-E-I-C-O.com. And take a look at our offerings. We promise you won't regret it. Thank you very much.